Welcome to Red Ice Radio Sundays. I'm your host, Henrik Palmgren. I'm coming to you from the west coast of Sweden. If you are a regular listener, a newcomer to the show, or if you came across this program somewhere out there on the web, I hope you all check out our websites for uh, much more interviews, our news, and uh, more information. It's red-ice.net and also redicecreations.com. A big thanks to Webster Tarpley for being with us last Sunday, talking about his book 9-11, Synthetic Terror. And today we have Alan Watt on the program, and I know many of you out there have anticipated this show, so let's go, enjoy the program. Today we have Alan Watt with us on the line, and I know many of you out there are as excited uh, about this program as I am. Uh, I've got many requests from you guys, our listeners out there, to invite Alan to Red Ice Radio. Uh, and I'm very glad he's we're here with us today. Um, I have heard many of Alan's previous interviews, and I know that he is very knowledgeable about a lot of different areas and topics, and I have a bunch of points and areas that I'd like to go through today with Alan. Um, and I also want to mention that he has an awesome website with a bunch of material on it, uh, lots of his previous radio shows, audio clips and video clips. Uh, he also has a few of his DVDs out there uh, up on the site uh, called Reality Check Parts 1 and 2. Um, and we'll talk more about his DVDs later and let Alan talk about uh, what he's got on them and how you guys can get them and support his work and so forth. Uh, his website is cuttingthroughthematrix.com. That's one word, cuttingthroughthematrix.com. So do check that out later on or as we talk here today. Uh, so, Alan, welcome to Red Ice Radio, and thank you so much for spending some of your time with us today. It's a pleasure to be on. Great, great. Um, I want to begin uh, to ask you, uh, if you don't mind, considering that I think you, you'd agree with me when I say that most people today are asleep. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, you know, when, when did you awake to all of this and what made you, you know, open your eyes to the obvious manipulation that is going on all around us? I, I was, I think I was born like this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always say it's a form of autism that allows you to see things as they really are. Mm. And uh, I, I grew up watching uh, the, the, uh, the problems in my immediate society in Scotland. Mm. And I found that everybody's problem was the same problem. It was primarily financial. And this is in the days before the glut of cheap goods from China and credit uh, cards. Yeah. And... Uh, I realized we lived even then in a managed society where the bulk of the population earned pretty well the same income, which was just enough to keep them alive mm. and pay rent. And most people paid rent in Britain at that time. Yeah. And it truly was a managed, fixed economy, um, which kept them exactly in that position. And when you're a young toddler, you can walk through different people's homes to visit your friends, and you're ignored by the parents. Hmm. And you can listen to the parents argue all about the same things, hmm. which were basic necessities. And I asked, well, why, how come, um, if this was supposedly Great Britain, hmm. um, how come that most of the people I knew uh, were, were pretty well all in the same boat, essentially? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, where did all the money go? And then you find by studying, uh, even early study, I went to uh, adult libraries, hmm. And I found out that only uh, a few hundred families in London, hereditary families, uh, really owned the power of what had been the British Empire. Hmm. And they still do. Yeah. Uh, that was very intriguing because when you think about it, if we have been here for millions of years, and supposedly by the theory of economics, hmm. um, every hour of labor you produce ultimately is either spent or saved or passed on to your offspring, how come most of the people uh, uh, millions of generations later have don't have very much? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and how come a few do? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's not thrift, of course, it's through a system which is bigger than just a, a, an evolved system. Yeah. It's a religion and a system definitely involving, involving people who intermarry one another uh, a form of selective breeding, mm. and there's positive proof all around us on that score. Yeah. 
Yeah, of, of course, absolutely. And um, you know, I, I, I'm I, um, I'm intrigued by your name at the website, cutting through the matrix, because. I, I, I too, I, I agree that it is a kind of a matrix, and uh, I mean, what what does that mean to you? That 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 word, and and you know, how do we break the spell or break free of the matrix, so to speak? Mm-hmm. It's not only breaking free, and here's the problem: most people <coughs> are not uh, leaders in any generation. Uh, most people are followers, mm. and it's become progressively more so in the last few generations. Yeah. Um, we've gone from a taste of, of a beginning of freedom for the ordinary person. We've gone from a taste of that into uh, a, a well-managed society. Most people today uh, are being managed. They suspect it. They feel it. They know it. And they don't mind. <laughs> uh, so that's the thing. Uh, most people are content, and they will be content until uh, their own personal consciousness is blotted out. Hmm. Uh, they do believe that, that these benefactors above them are truly benefactors, even though they never see the faces of these faceless bureaucrats hmm. or attend the meetings that they attend yeah. or even know their agendas. Uh, the, the media has done such a fantastic job and controlling their minds yeah. for them and doing their reasoning for them that they now expect that anything that's important will be told to them by the media yeah they believe that i mean that's uh, that's a real problem because we now then we are in a situation here where uh where the you know <laughs> the lying that the the state sponsored truth so to speak is is uh, broadcasted on, on, through the media the mainstream media and we have a bunch of people you know uh, all around the world who um who, who go to this source to to find out about the truth and and i mean this is like a a trans almost a, a mind control um i mean i know that you've spoken about this before as a as a science correct Yes. Yeah. It's a science which is so well understood <clears throat> that it's taught to the few involved who themselves will put out documentation on it, uh, which are generally ignored. Most of the public don't read books which are kind of boring to them. <laughs> and uh, Zygmunt Brzezinski, who has always been up there as a presidential advisor, yeah. and who is a form of a, you might call him a mind specialist for, for psycho, uh, psychological control of the masses. Mm. In his book, Between Two Ages, he has a, a chapter called The Technotronic Era. Yeah, yeah. And he talks about the coming time, which is here actually, it's here right now, um, where uh, forms of science will be used on the public. Uh, now, technotronic meant that part of it would be a form of... Uh, radio type uh, beamed waves mm. which would uh, sort of lull the people into sleep keep them happy uh, and contented like grazing sheep mm. as they go through big changes they wouldn't notice but the other part was he said um, shortly the public will, will be unable to reason for themselves <laughs> they will look to the media to do the reasoning for them yeah. and therefore anyone telling them something which is not on the media will not be believed. Huh. And so that's what you find now. Uh, if you tell someone something which you have proof of mm. and show them the documentation, they will still disregard it yeah. uh, unless the media tells it. Exactly. I mean, do, do you think that it is something in the... Uh, uh, I know a lot of other researchers have pointed to the fact that the television itself, the frequencies from the television actually is kind of hypnotic. Have you researched this? They've always known that uh, since uh, John Logie Beard brought the TV out. Mm. Um, it's what interested me was when I first saw someone, a, a person who was normal, uh, who actually went up to adjust the television screen because in those days, in the 50s and 60s and 70s, uh, sometimes you'd get the rollover with the lines going across yeah. and the horizontal hold, and he went to adjust it. And he stopped dead in front of it, and then he had an epileptic seizure, huh. even though he'd never had any epilepsy in his life before. And it was found that the brain, the actual frequencies of the rollovers corresponded exactly with, with, uh, with his conscious brainwaves. Hmm. So it, on, in some people, it was an overt 
action. They're actually show what happened to them. But most people were simply being hypnotized by it. And when you're hypnotized, you can be very suggestible. Yeah. And many ideas are put straight into your subconscious that it bypasses the sensor uh, part of your brain. And, and you have no say in it at all. In fact, it goes right into your subconscious. Mm. And uh, that opinion is now your opinion. <laughs> it's a straight downloading type te- uh, technique. Yeah. So, so, so the, now that they've digitalized it, yeah, yeah. I think they've gone a step further. Hmm. It's more precise now. The, you're talking about the high high definition TVs and so forth. Yes. Ah. So, um, so, so do you think that they will be able to refine the frequencies now, and, and basically even even more, we will be <laughs> deeper into the matrix, so to speak, after this has been implemented. Yes, they did. What was interesting too was that when they brought out the different Pac-Man and all these uh, war-type games, to mm-hmm. in a generation to be soldiers, and that's why they gave them all the war games uh, for PlayStation and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, these things were all used for training the military years ago. Yeah. So they, that was deliberate. They wanted a generation 20 years down the road that would not react when they had to see a person and just shoot them. <laughs> uh, that was a form of, of uh, getting over that natural inability to kill people. You train them from birth to do it, and you, and you don't see them as people anymore. But it did come out a few years ago in Japan, which led this field, uh, when they brought up a new type uh, uh Pokemon or something, mm. that thousands of Japanese children on the first showing of this thing had seizures. Yeah, yeah. And I, and one of the guys in that uh, exper- the group of scientists uh, did admit that that was deliberate. <laughs> that was a test to see if they could actually penetrate into uh, certain brainwave patterns of the youth and alter their consciousness. So they know what they're doing, that they're not making mistakes. No. They are fine-tuning um, this form of, of uh, digital strobing hmm. uh, to affect the mind. So, um, you know, things, li- things like uh, harp and so forth, these are basically things that are, you know, not... not Necessary. I mean, I don't. I, I don't claim that I know that harp is involved in any kind of mind control or anything like that. But but that is the suggestion from a few people. And um, but but that it isn't is working. In fact, <coughs> harp um, about four years ago, five mm. years ago, mm. started to broadcast a, a pulsation signal um, just before the 1200 megahertz mm-hmm. range. Uh, and it's now day and night. It's on three different areas on the shortwave radio band. Oh. Uh, full, full time. And you can't mistake it because it's the most powerful signal on the shortwave. Okay. Uh, it's been beamed all across the Americas and a good part of the world. And um, they've already claimed that uh, officially that they can carry a secondary signal with HARP and put ideas straight into the minds of the people hmm. without them being aware. So, I mean, this obviously uh, I mean, draws my attention to the fact that we have you know, p- people who basically um, lose the grip sometime, you know, go totally berserk and, and you know, uh, uh, starts to kill a lot of people or, or, I mean, similar things like that. I mean, do you think that these kinds of technologies could, could be involved in, in these kinds of things? Uh, it's not even a matter of thinking it. It's, it's actually published. Mm. Um, a, a good example is um, Dr. Nick Bigich, yeah, yeah, who brought out a couple of books on this type of technology. Which You see, there are three levels of science. We have the level of professor and professorship down for the public. Mm. That's the bottom level of science medical, physics, whatever. Um, there's a higher level which the CIA and MI6 and covert agencies use. And then there's a level above that which the, the ultra-elite themselves have and use. Mm. Now, Dr. Nick Bagage was on a television show here. Um, it was a Canadian version of the BBC. It's called the CBC. Yeah. And uh, Wendy Mesley was the host and he had a whole big long table full of little little devices like the size of television remote controllers that you could put into your pocket. And 
he told her to stand 20 odd feet away and he pointed at the back of her head and she heard music in the center of her head. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he, he said to her, he says, I could have put words there. <laughs> Directions, words, commands. Yeah. And it works in, light, in line of sight to any distance. And this, this had to be micro-circuitry. And yet, as he said it towards the end of the show, all of this equipment is obsolete. It was <laughs> used by the CIA in the 1950s. <laughs> My God. Uh-huh. So, I mean, that, that's, the, that's the voices in the head right there, okay? <laughs> right there. And I've, I've often wondered how many people, uh, through the, the last maybe 80 years or so, mm. have been locked up in mental hospitals as schizophrenic. Yeah. They didn't know they were part of an experiment. <laughs> My God. And uh-huh. do you think that, you know, um, all the drugs and, and you know, the... The uh, the ser- serotonin type uh, type drugs and and the the chemicals in the food you know we got aspartame MSG and all this crap uh, do you think that this can contribute to this fact also? I, I've no doubt. In fact, <clears throat> uh, the most interesting one of the most interesting books I've read on this subject for a long time was written by a globalist himself, mm-hmm. Arthur Kosler. Yeah. Uh, and he wrote The Ghost in the Machine. Mm, yeah. Now, The Ghost in the Machine goes back to the ancient Greek philosophers where they were trying to define what the mind was, the independent thinking mind, uh, that makes you you, unique as an individual. And the globalists uh, reached this conclusion a long time ago that for their world peace, they would have to destroy the part of the brain which gives you your identity of who you are. Hmm. And that would have peace when there's no more conflict. There'd be, no, there'd be peace, you see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, now they, they themselves wouldn't alter themselves because they admitted that if they did destroy this part of the brain, you would no longer be able to have any self-preservation or survival instincts. But they said the public won't need that because the state will be making the decisions for them. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, now, now Kessler worked at the United Nations for many years on this project of how to lobotomize chemically, electronically, and by other means, that little part of the brain. (laughs) And they tried different uh, chemicals which they could inject into you. Um, They would travel right to that specific part of the brain and lobotomize you. (laughs) He said, we have it, it, it ready to go. He said, it's successful. We just don't know where to put it in the food. We don't know where to, to inoculate it into the public. Yeah. We don't know where to put it in their water supply or just spray it from the air. Mm. <laughs> and lo and behold, they're doing all of those. Yeah, exactly. Chemtrails, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and I, I've heard, um, you know, regarding fluoride uh, and aspartame that a uh, few researchers, I think it was um, actually a, a researcher here in Sweden who 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 had studied, I can't remember her name right now, but has studied aspartame. And I know that fluoride uh, has this, um, you know, element to it too. And it, it is that um, it, it becomes more difficult for people to, you know, make, uh, draw connections between different areas when they're, you know, have this chemical in their body, basically. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. In fact, I mean, we know that Germany used it. Um pre-Nazi Germany, just before the war began, mm. uh, they were introducing it into the water supply of the peoples and into the countries they took over um, for that very purpose, to make the people more complacent. <laughs> That's one of the main effects of fluoride. Mm. Uh, what's interesting, in North America, uh, we found out here that see, all the big famous players and names that come on down through history over and over again, Yeah. Uh, are involved in this. The Bronfmans, mm-hmm. who owned the big uh, whiskey business mm-hmm. during the Depression, who were the real mafia at the time, mm-hmm. uh, and the dollar smuggling. The Bronfmans also owned Alcan, which is uh, the biggest aluminum company huh. in North America. Yeah. And the, the byproduct of the aluminum industry is the aluminum oxide, mm-hmm. which uh, basically is, is what fluoride is taken from. Yeah. And they have known for over a hundred years 
that aluminum oxide causes Alzheimer's. They've known this. They have definitely known it. Mm. Because when they dissect the autopsy, the brain, um, they find heavy, heavy doses of this in the brain. Yeah. So it is no mystery at all. No. Um, so, so yeah, then we find Donald Rumsfeld. The CBC did a documentary on him. Mm-hmm. And back in the 1970s, he was, he was giving the chemical uh, agencies for gas and, and warfare yeah. to Saddam Hussein on behalf of the United States. <laughs> and here's the same guy yapping out about weapons of mass destruction. Yeah. He's the same man that was at the head of the company that produces aspartame. Sir, he was right. the director of that company. Yeah, yeah. And here he is, single-handedly, he put the bill in to get it through to accept aspartate in America. Mm. So he, the man is basically a drug pusher, you might <laughs> Aspartame, it's an interesting name as well, asp. Asp is a serpent from, from uh, Egypt. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. And do you know if aspartame is, is like a, is that like a combination of different chemicals uh, suggested in the name also? Do you know that? I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's deeper meanings to it. Yeah. They love these. It's, it's like the, um, is it the, the R, RU46 drug for mm. instant abortion. RU46 is what it's saying. Oh my god, okay. They love to play these games. Yeah. Them. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, what, what's that about? Because that that's a that's an interesting area. Because I, I, I'm I'm intrigued by this also. You know wor- how words are being used and so forth. I I've read a, a lot of different articles and I have have them on my site, the Red Eyes website, regarding you know the fact that um, that things like words and 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 terms and um, you know can affect obviously affects first of all your thoughts, but that your thoughts actually. Um, affects your even your DNA down to even that level. I mean, is this something that you have uh, come up uh, to also? There's a part of that. Mainly, though, if you take the vibrations, not the type that the the New Age are trying to practice. Um, if you take a certain frequency or vibration mm-hmm. and you amplify that, you fine tune it, and even keep a frequency and move it up different octaves. Mm-hmm. Uh, until it's, it's almost, um, you don't hear it audibly, but it, it actually will vibrate uh, the, the, the bones yeah. in your head. Uh, these work on people, and these these were known to work in the days of Pythagoras. <laughs> I mean, even the musical scale came from Pythagoras. Yeah. And the word tone came from Pythagoras as well. Okay. So these are <laughs> sciences which were known in ancient times. And of course, standard religions would often use particular tones and frequencies and chants as a form of of hypnosis, putting the people, the followers, into a suggestible state. Yeah. And it's worked very well up to the present time. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, Also, earlier you mentioned, you know, because... Um, as a as a front, I guess, or, or whatever it might be, the philosophy of that we're going to enter an age of peace, so we have to, you know, manipulate man, mankind into being peaceful, basically. And uh, I've heard this as, you know, a term that's the age of reason and so forth, with a Freemasonic connotation there, I guess. I mean, is this something that you've uh, come up against also? Oh, absolutely. We're living through a religion, actually. That no one uh, talks about. They talk about the symptoms, but they don't realize there's a religion behind all of this. Mm. Uh, a very old religion. <coughs> even, even the word reason. Uh, if, we, if you break it down, you have ria. Yeah. Now, in, in Aramaic and Hebrew, ria was the wife of Ra. That's how, what's what they called her, hmm. rather than Isis. Yeah. So they called her ria. It's a combination of R-E, which is also another way of spelling Ra, yeah. and and uh, um, an Ah, you know, the, the one. Yeah. So reason is is an also a religion, a religion. Yeah, and and I've actually heard religion as the legion of Rhea, Rhea legion. Yes. <laughs> so I mean, it's all in there, uh, and 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 is this kind of you know a. I mean, because th- then we talk about people who also have been instrumental in, in you know, creating the languages and so forth. Is is that yeah. correct? Definitely. Yeah. 
Huh. Like, um, I mean, in English, what, what is it? It's like a 13th, 14th century language or something. Um, it isn't even that. It's even later. Because um, it was in the times of Francis Bacon. Yeah. Who gets a tremendous acclaim from the high, the high Masonic groups. Um, as part of a team who really created the English language as we know it. Mm. And he said in one of his writings, we are creating the international language of the future. <laughs> he wrote that back in the 1500s. Amazing. And then Shakespeare, who many of the high masons claim is one and the same person. As Bacon, yeah, yeah. Um, he came out with uh, over 160,000 words <laughs> in his plays. Mm. So, so that was how they got it out. They gave, they gave it through a new Bible, a King James Bible. Yeah. And through the plays of Shakespeare, and a whole new language was really born, because the old English, you can find in the writings, if you can get the original writings of Chaucer and other 11th century writers, it really was old Saxon German. Hmm. Ah. Uh-huh. And, and, I mean, we still... I mean, Shakespeare is still, you know, it's been placed all over the, uh, all over, you know, in many different theaters all over the world. Still, basically, I mean, this is that that's like a communication to 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 me uh, that that this is, you know, this is important. We got to focus still right. on this. <laughs> and here's the key as well. Today, when you get a really good movie uh, that has high drama, coupled with historical periods. Mm. Um, with mythologies of ancient times, and, and Shakespeare put a, a lot of ancient mythology into his writings. Yeah. And he knew exactly what would captivate, captivate the female psychology and the male psychology. Uh, today, you need teams of, of producers and writers to specialize in each area. Yeah. Well, I don't believe this was one man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shakespeare was not one man. Th th that could not be done. Uh, simply in, in reading his understanding of the Greek mysteries, uh, the Greek legends, uh, and mythology, just that alone uh, is a speciality. Yeah, because so th there were yeah. teams involved here. I see. Um, you know, because this uh, I can't remember all of it now, but but it rings a bell that. This has something to do with uh, Pallas Athena because uh, she was the, the spear shaker. Yeah. Have you heard about this? <laughs> I know Pallas Athena, <coughs> and um, there are even deeper meanings towards Pallas Athena. Mm. You, you'll see the same thing on the old British coins before it went decimalized in the 1960s. Uh, the old British pennies had, had uh, Diana with her, her helmet on and her spear and her shield. Mm. Seated on the backs of the pennies. <laughs> Think you ask yourself, why is that on a on a on a British English penny? Yeah. This ancient uh, Greek uh, or Athenian symbol, and it's all part of a religion. We find out as we dig into it. Yeah. Uh, behind the shield is a serpent because Diana was always accompanied by a serpent. Hmm. Interesting. Uh -huh. So so yeah, you're dealing with a religion mm. here. Um, and people who are taught the religion, if you go back into ancient times and you see how uh, empires were, were created and built up, yeah, yeah, you would find always a major capital city where one little group ran the money system of that city or, or even that city-state. Um, the same people who ran the money were involved in the drug industry, even from the earliest times, mm. um, for medicine, they also ran the, ju the judicial system, yeah. the legal system. They also ran the illegal system of running drugs, as mm. done through time. And mm. you had the biggest amount of poverty always existing amongst the, the biggest amount of, of wealth yeah. Yeah. coexisting side by side. <laughs> um, and that's what we have today. So you can follow them all down through history as to where they set up their major camps. So, uh, Alan, is um, is Freemasonry, you know, the, the the common denominator here? Yes, if you are, <clears throat> if you 
belong to a religion that, that goes into countries, brings our, our own religion in, controls the wealth, and gets the sole power to distribute money and, and handle money, and the drug industry, the pharmacological industry. Um, so, sure, you need more people to help implement your system, mm. a form of middle class. And we know that the Rosicrucians came into Britain and worked very hard in the sciences to bring a, a, a forth the Industrial Revolution. Hmm. And that's a key word, too, is revolution, because yeah. uh, that's one of their terms. They create revolutions. Most are bloodless. Some are bloody. And even during the 20th century, we had the, the sexual res uh, revolution hmm. um, and all of this kind of thing. These were primarily bloodless, but they totally altered society. Yeah, of course. And 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 there we have the word again, because revolution is just like a re revol revolving or, you know, going right. one circle, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, they have us literally going in circles. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Revolution after revolution, but nothing happens. Not, not for us. Not for, yeah, exactly. Things yeah, happen, of course. We adapt. Yeah. We always adapt. Yeah. As Plato said, man is the most adaptable creature on the planet, mm. and therefore we can give him his culture, mm. and we can change his culture so easily that the generation involved who have a have a new set of rights and wrongs will be the last to understand or even see it. Yeah, and that's happened over and over. Hmm. You know, I wanted to ask you um, because you brought up Francis Bacon there earlier. He wrote uh, one of his books um, that 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 his name was on was the New Atlantis, um, and primarily he spoke, you know, about about America as the New Atlantis and and that it was going to be set up as the New Atlantis and so forth. I mean, this is also something that is interesting because the the theme here is also kind of a a, a revolution or a. a that things are just revolving around because the theme here seems to be that America, you know, has been set up as this superpower, but but now it is uh, being brought down. The symbolic, I guess, destruction of of America or Atlantis. Uh, do, do you agree with that? I, I think, <clears throat> judging from history, when the empire builders go in, they'll build up a country to be the leader for a certain period. Mm. And to push the changes on everyone else, every other country, and then they, they, they kind of the money's withdrawn, and they go down, and they sink into what they've left behind. Yeah. Uh, so the United States was was definitely created to bring in a global system. It's on all their their seals. It's on everything. Yeah. Um, uh, they call it the Enterprise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, That's why they they have the the Starship Enterprise on the Star Wars series. Yeah, Star Trek. Yeah. Um, or Star Trek. Um, so yeah, and they even say that um, um, e pluribus unum, you know, out of many one. Mm, yeah. Now, pluribus unum, many in one, uh, also is monopoly. Mm. And the United States has been a champion of monopolization. Mm. Of industries across the planet, they kick out, they destroy any competition, and monopolize everything into one. Mm. And that—that's that, that one of their MOs, yeah. Yeah, and that's like a you know more a, a communistic um, approach to things, I guess, than a capitalistic. It, it's a it's a different type altogether, really, because it seems to be a capitalistic approach to using yeah. this. Yeah. Um, this particular communistic technique, but really, when you realize that at the top there there is no left nor right. Exactly. Yeah. There's only the one, as yeah. you call it. <laughs> And we we find from the writings of the founding fathers that nobody reads anymore. Mm. Uh, that the writings that they wrote themselves, um, say by uh, Jefferson, mm. or or he said the same thing as uh, Ben Franklin. Yeah. Jefferson said that out of this federation of the United States of America will, be, will, will become the nucleus to um, a federation of the world. Yeah. And <laughs> that's basically what the role has always been. Yeah. So, so there is a 
there is a definite plan here, so to speak, to guide us towards this goal of a, of a one-world uh, order, right? It's all through the writings, President Wilson's writings, Colonel Mandel House, they really put up the banking system, and he was the boss of Wilson, really. Hmm. Um, yeah, they knew exactly what they were going for, a monopolization of not just the world as such, but the whole system, the, the mineral rights for the entire world, the water rights for the world, uh, all energy resources for the world would go into the same hands. Hmm. And this would be a new form of uh, um, dictatorship, which they prefer to say is benevolent. Ah. Uh-huh. They're benevolent dictators. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, do, do you, how, if they were to succeed with this, um, I mean, how, how do you think that the world actually would, would look? I mean, w- would it be a, a, a severe uh, kind of fascist police state or, or uh, you know, kind in, of... In its death throes of the old going into the new, you would have that. Mm. Um, they are on a roll and have had world meetings about this, the science meetings about chipping the brains of people, ultimately. Hmm. Um, you've probably seen the write-ups by the, the Professor Warwick in England, mm-hmm. who's taken a chip in his brain. He's one of the funds yeah. to push this. Yeah. Um, well, at Loyola University in Louisiana, they had a world science meeting paid for by the United States Department of Commerce, and the, the professor from Japan said... Uh, we're ready to implant this in everyone on the planet, except for the elite. They must retain their survival capabilities. <laughs> he said, but when this is put into the, into the people, there shall be no more individuality as we know it. <laughs> it will be impossible for a person to even try and think of themselves as an individual. <laughs> and so he said, this will be pushed through cartoons, through novels, uh, through movies, uh, now, he didn't say we'd like it to be pushed. He says, this will be pushed. <laughs> and at this science meeting, they didn't discuss politics once because the boys at that level don't work for politicians. They, on, they work for the real world government. <laughs> That's another clue. Yeah. So the goal is to... to it's ready to go. Regional computers will literally direct all of the chips that are out there. Mm. And they claim that they already have the regional computers set up. <laughs> Oh my God! Oh, so, so the goal here is to basically chip people, and um, then the the, uh, the the technological uh, aspects of that will be that we that they rather don't have to control people um, to that degree, you know, by 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 force or by violence, because people will will be you won't even need to entertain them. Through yeah. <laughs> uh, sports and all the rest of it you'll, you'll be robots really huh. and even that isn't the end of it it's the never ending story that's the occult meaning behind the movie <laughs> the never ending story yeah. um, it, man is the material they are the high builders they can shape us and keep reshaping us as according to their needs <laughs> okay, and so. they talk about literally growing us specializing in uh, for, for specialist purposes, uh, they even had a. Uh, they said they could even make a man with gills, uh, <laughs> uh, who could go underwater as a diver and repair oil rigs and stuff like that. Yeah, so, so they have the capabilities to genetically do it today. <laughs> so, so they 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 want this technology, you know, to to do all these uh, well, basically, you know, amazing things. I guess as uh, scary, but but amazing still. And yeah. but but the the idea is still to maintain things in this state as they are, basically. Yes, as we go through this, and then we'll gradually bring down the, the population yeah. actually doing it. That's the, that's the bad news, that they have been doing that already. Yeah. Um, with all the crippling uh, diseases that have emerged since about 1950. Yeah. Uh, and it's direct results of inoculations, and that was planned that way. But um, they don't need all the people on the world. Um, modern economics will tell you that we are here to serve the economic system, mm. not the system is there to serve us. Yeah, yeah. And they do not want inefficiency in this brand new system that's coming up. <laughs> they want total efficiency. Mm. 
So I mean, as things are now, I guess China is is a is a really good example, maybe of of what they're trying to achieve, because that that has this you know strange mix between being on the surface, you know, communistic but communist country, but but it is you know highly capitalistic, so to speak. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, really, it's it's a it's a really an oligarchy in China, mm. and China has been put up by the United Nations as the the model state for the world mm. that we have to emulate, and they have the one child per family policy, yeah, and they do enforce it rigorously, and they use more psychology on their public in their culture creation to create social approval and disapproval uh, it's been done more intensely there so that even neighbors will turn you in <laughs> if your wife is pregnant again Yeah. Uh, because they say, well, you're anti-social because you're going to take more food uh, and for, for a selfish purpose. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. So I saw a clip recently uh, regarding. I don't know if you've heard about this, but this was about CCTV uh, cameras, you know, that uh, had speakers on them. You seen this? Yes. Who could, you know, talk talk, uh, talk back to you basically? And and one of the directors there can remember his name, but he said that the main problem and the reason for them put, putting up this system with the speaking speaking cameras, so, so to speak, um, was because the, the main problem is not terror, terrorism; it is antisocial behavior and people yeah. who, you know, basically misbehave on the streets so that, so that they can shout at you, so that, so you can, you know, fall into That's line again. Right. And, and you know, they even. Sh- they always show us in advance from Hollywood, many years before, mm. what they're going to do. Yeah. And it's not because they have tremendous writers in Hollywood. It's because many of those in Hollywood um, have brothers working in these think tanks that, that are planning the future. Mm. And the Demolition Man with, uh, with um, um, Stallone mm. um, had all of that in there with the machines talking to you, handing you fines. Automatically, if you swore or whatever, yeah, yeah, in public, you know, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, th- th- that is uh, the plan: is behavior modification, yeah, on a grand scale, yeah. Antisocial behavior—that's a oh, it's so I cringe when I hear the word. <laughs> well, the thing is, <clears throat> um, <clears throat> the word interdependence is a strange word. Uh, it was first used again around the time of, of uh, John Dee, hmm. who was an advisor at, at the court of Queen Elizabeth I. Mm, yeah. And John Dee came up with this term. He was a Rosicrucian as well. Mm. And he came up with the term of the British Empire. He, it hadn't been used before. Mm. And he explained to the Queen what this empire would be, how it would work. It would be a form of free trade, which would be a, a monopoly trade, where it would exclude those who are not passed <laughs> uh, as members by the ones who, who would run it at the top. Mm. So it wasn't going to be free for everyone. However, it would also bring other countries to their knees to join it mm. yeah. um, by excluding trade with them. Now, to join the Union, this British Empire, you would have to acquiesce to all their rules, regulations, uh, and eco- the economic system yeah. you adapt to. Now, all your laws run around your economic system. So if you adapt to that system, you will become part of the British Empire. <laughs> and and so they knew then when the, where they were going with all of this, uh, this system. Uh, interdependence is a word he used. Mm-hmm. And what they really figure out what they mean by interdependence. Because on the one hand, to inter means to bury. It's like international. Mm, yeah. Inter is to bury the nation. Ah, oh, okay, I see. You see? Yeah, yeah. Now, now inter uh, dependence is to bury dependence. Really, is to bury independence. The the opposition to interdependence hmm. is self-reliance. Huh. On an individual scale. Now, when when Margaret Thatcher and other ones kept using this term interdependence mm. and George Bush Sr. and different ones yeah. 
uh, it, it sounds like a pleasant, fuzzy word, so we, we just don't think about it. Mm, yeah. But it will come right down to the same term way of ch- that China is in, <laughs> where if you eventually have your own water, if you have your own little garden to feed yourself, mm. you will be antisocial. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what it means. You must be dependent on this system for all your needs of survival. Mm. That's what interdependence really means. Hmm. So of course this this connection with that um, as you said earlier with with the nations if if uh, they are able to set up China as this strong economic force now and and basically everyone has to fall into that same model to be able to compete with China I guess yeah and this is this connects with the the uh, WTO and the, even the UN also of course mm-hmm. <laughs> and yet I, I said. Years ago, I was telling people, before the European Union even occurred, I said they're going to merge us all, they're doing it now. Mm, yeah. And they kept using terms like, well, the Prime Minister's off to meet other Prime Ministers to, to create closer ties. Mm. That's how they always couched it, you see. Yeah. And uh, so, so they use the specific terminology, which they never explained to the public. <laughs> uh, closer ties is, is, are, are legal ties. Mm. And they're doing the same with uh, the Americas at the moment. They've actually done it. They signed the first part of the exoteric, the open agreement, mm-hmm. uh, back in March uh, of 2005. Mm-hmm. And by 2010, the Americas have to be amalgamated with a new uh, governing parliament. Yeah, like yeah. Group. Yeah, exactly. And Karl Marx wrote about it in the 1800s. The United Europe, uh, the United Pacific Rim region, mm-hmm and the United Americas. Yeah. And he wasn't using a crystal ball. <laughs> he, knew what, he knew what was going on there. <laughs> he knew it because he was paid by the big bankers to write his communist manifesto. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, do, you, do you know if, if there are any place in, in the manifesto that, that suggests that, um, I mean, that Mexico or the, or the population of Mexico should uh, basically invade the, the, the U.S.? Uh, well, he knew the same as, as Jacques Attali knew, um, that there would be great upheavals, great upheavals that hadn't been seen mm-hmm. since the, the, the Goths and Visigoths came into Rome yeah, yeah. in Rome's last days. Mm-hmm. Uh, there'd be upheavals with, with mass populations on the move. And sure enough, uh, um, he was well aware that that could be made to happen. Mm-hmm. And the reason he was sure of it is because these boys have archives to go to see mm. for, for, for history, real history. Uh, we get public libraries. Archives is where the formulas for how to motivate populations, mm. uh, how to move them, how to make them think and do things, that's where all these formulas are kept. Yeah. These are ancient sciences of manipulation, mm-hmm. which were well understood uh, in the days of Egypt. Yeah. Yes, so, so yeah, uh, these um, these guys didn't have crystal balls. They simply knew that to, to the ordinary person it would seem impossible. They knew the formulas and how to make it happen. Yeah, and, and the easiest way to make it happen, also I guess, then is to implant it as a philosophy or, or political movement to actually have people, you know, devoted to to it. Yes, what we found as well is that the big, see, the big. Um, Back in the 50s, uh, there was a, um, the, the Reeves Commission was set up in the United States to, to look into the big foundations, like the Carnegie, the Ford, mm. and uh, the Rockefeller Foundation, yeah. to see what, what they were really using all these multi-million dollar funds for. And Norman Dodds was sent from the Senate to, to investigate. And at the Ford Foundation, he was told by this American foundation, that their job was to set up a structure so that the Soviet system could be quite quietly, happily merged with the United States system. <laughs> there we go. So we're working at that then. However, the same foundations, primarily the Rockefeller Foundation, is, is, is funding the migrations and the propaganda down in Mexico and beyond yeah. to get the people to move. <laughs> So they're causing the influx. Yeah. And out of this will come the solution. Um, it's the old story. Thesis, the, an, 
know, have the, the laws and legal systems for the solution, and that's exactly what they want, because the solution must knock down the last vestiges of, of the American uh, Bill of Rights. Hmm. And, and the, uh, the, the recent, uh, what is it called, the, tr the Transatlantic Corridor, right? It also yeah. connects with this, I guess. Well, you know, there's, there's more going on that they never tell you about. Once in a while they do, but they won't remind you that they've told you, and we forget. <laughs> yeah. There's more under the ground than there is over it. Hmm. Um, about six, you know, six or seven years ago, in one of the British newspapers, it came out that um, a big corporation with RAND involved, the RAND Corporation, yeah. uh, had began a boring project to make a tunnel, just like a transatlantic type tunnel, a tunnel underneath the Bering Straits from Pigeon Lake in, in British Columbia, Canada, hmm. that would come up inside Russia. Huh. And it was begun back then. They said it, it would be completed in five years. Okay. <laughs> We haven't heard any more about it. Huh. And yet these boring machines that Rand Corporation has mm. can go through all kinds of rockets five miles per hour day and night, and literally fuse the, the tunnel walls behind them with the heat generated. <laughs> uh, so yeah, what we're given as news is trivia. <laughs> yeah, I really. see. I see. Yeah, it's something to be occupied with while the while the real game is going on behind the curtains, I guess. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Alan. We also knew too, which is of real importance, is that during a massive change of culture mm -hmm. and tradition to a new phase, you must introduce a religion to match it. Ah. And that's why in as early as the 1800s, they brought out what, that which become the, the, the New Age religion. And, and, and Alan, that, that's, I, I, wanna, I, I think we should finish up this segment, um, and we're, I really want to dig into the New Age uh, movement and so forth in the next part, but in the last few uh, minutes here, about two we got left, uh, please tell, tell us how to you know, support your work and, and get your DVDs and so forth and about your site. Yeah, yeah. So support uh, support Alan's work and, and head on over to cuttingthroughthematrix.com. <laughs> 